0: Welcome to the Wrestling with Worldwide Willis podcast. This is episode one, folks. This is rookie year, right? Uh, this podcast is presented to you by the League of Melanated Gentlemen Podcast Network. We're happy to be here. Happy to be here. And so, folks, again, this is Brandon. This is I'm on a solo mission on this one, right? Uh, shout out to Spencer. Shout out to Jordan. You know, they off doing their thing. But in this one, we're you're in my world now. We're a pro wrestling world. I want you to scoot in close and listen closely. We're going to talk about today a little bit of my history with pro wrestling. We're going to talk about WWE uh, backlash, the latest uh, pay-per-view. And we're going to touch on the draft results from our latest WWE draft. So um we'll keep it quick. But we'll we'll also dive into some things and really, you know, get it going. So quickly, just I like to give people context. I hate when a host doesn't tell you about them because then you don't really know the context of their opinions. So in in my case, I fell in love. I was born in 1990. I'm old, right? Old out here. But I fell in love with pro wrestling around 95, 96. So I kind of got lucky. I, I fell into wrestling when the Monday Night Wars, WCW versus uh, WWF days were going on, right? Like in the heat of the battle, I I fell into wrestling. And honestly, I was more of a WCW person. I kind of preferred more of a more mature product, a more wrestling-centered product, right? Back then, Vince wasn't really about wrestling like that. He was just more about the entertainment aspect, kind of more goofy. They were kind of more going towards kids, like children, even though I was a child, you know, back in the 90s, you know, we all thought we were, you know, rugged and, you know, extreme and, and you know, older than we were. And so I definitely prefer WCW, which was dealing with the NWO, which was dealing with the LWO, which was dealing with like Chris Jericho, Chris Benoit, Eddie Guerrero, um, you know, Rey Mysterio, like all those guys, Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, all those cool guys kind of, in WCW, yeah, they definitely leaned in more towards an older crowd which I appreciated, and so yeah, definitely more of a WCW guy, that's where I started and I'm kind of grateful for that honestly, because it I learned a lot about wrestling, like the true form of wrestling, like I can tell a good technical match versus, you know, sometimes I'll see people who are like, oh, I mean it was cool but it wasn't, you know, they can't really you know, identify it when a move was missed or, you know, if someone didn't execute a move correctly or something like that, I'm not saying I'm an expert or anything by any means. But by growing up, watching a certain level of product, watching, you know, Eddie Guerrero do a suplex, three amigos or watching you know certain people do certain moves, I know what how it's supposed to hit. You know what I mean? So I'm thankful that I, I grew up with WCW. I def, I watched WWF, but not as closely, honestly. I kind of got into WWF around, like, 97, 98 when Stone Cold took off, right? And then that's when I kind of started to transition over to WWF full-time because WCW was kind of going in the tank around that time. And all my favorite WCW ref, uh, wrestlers started moving over towards WWF around, like, 98, 99, 2000 area. So it definitely was a transition there. But, yeah, man, I just, I, I love pro wrestling. I definitely, um, I I was in it deep every episode. I watched every episode from, like, 95, 96 to, like, 2002, to, uh, 2004. So, like, 96 to 2004, I was in it, uh, like, full-time wrestling thing. Then I kind of fell away from it. Came back around. You know, I fell away from it for a little while, actually. Like I missed kind of the whole like John Cena Triple H older Triple H, you know, older taker. I kind of missed that whole era. I came back, I'd say closer to when CM Punk started really take off again, like 11, 12, you know, that era. I came back. I was probably part-time at that time. Like I wasn't watching every episode, but I was keeping up. And then I became full-time again, kind of closer to, like, 2018. And then ever since, I've kind of been just every, you know, every week. And even, I would say even closer to, like, 20, yeah, I'd say 2018. Because definitely the NXT product kind of brought me back. Like, I was seeing the shows and seeing the crowd reactions. I was like, damn, like, it seems, I, I'm wondering what they're doing over there. Because, I you know, I knew the product, I knew Vince was over the main product and, You know, you're only going to get so much good product at events. The rest is going to be probably corny or probably, you know, not for me. So, and at that time, we didn't have any – we didn't have an AEW. So, I was definitely gearing towards my energy, towards NXT. That made me fall in love with it again. Makes me watch it weekly and stuff like that. So, yeah. I've been full-time ever since, uh, watching as many episodes as possible. I catch up. Um, So, yeah, man, I just – I think the beautiful thing I love about pro wrestling and that I'm learning more is pro wrestling is loved by a lot of people, no matter, you know, their age range or, or things of that nature. Pro wrestling is loved throughout. Like there's nothing like it right there. You can't copy pro wrestling as many other forms of, you know, boxing is trying to copy wrestling. MMA is trying to copy wrestling many different forms of entertainment are trying to copy what wrestling is doing. Right. And so that's what, that's how you know how special it is, right? When pro wrestling is done at elite level, there's nothing like it. There's just a, it's a level of spectacle you can't replicate. So I'm just loving that. I'm seeing more people, honestly, that look like me, like I'm seeing more black people, Just being like, nah, I I love wrestling. Like, I've loved it since a kid. Like, straight up and down about it. Don't shy away from it. It's real easy to be like, yeah, I was an NBA fan since I was eight. And just be like, you can say that to anybody. But it takes some courage to be like, yeah, I'm a pro wrestling fan. And I still to this day, I'm a pro wrestling fan. Like, people look at you crazy, but, hey, it is what it is. You love what you love. You know what I'm saying? So don't be ashamed. I used to be ashamed. couldn't give a shit anymore. It is what it is. If you got a problem with it, oh, well. So I'm definitely loving to see more people into pro wrestling. I think pro wrestling right now is at a, in a renaissance, is in a golden era. I think uh, with AEW doing well, with so many crossover stars, with having Bad Bunny, and we'll talk about him even more later, but, like, big stars are, like, coming back to wrestling, right? And I think, like I mentioned, MMA – to even make a big fight now you have to talk shit to each other even if you don't even like anybody like even if you're if you're friends with the opponent in MMA you have to talk trash to each other to build up the fight and build up the interest that is WWE at its essence that's pro wrestling at its essence right building a match creating a feud creating a storyline between you two and then that way you get more attention and more heat on that match for people to view it right so yeah like Pro wrestling is in a great era, great period right now. We have a historic run. We have a historic amount of talent. I think we're kind of in an era right now to where we have the type of talent we used to have in the you know, early 2000s. Right? Early 2000s, the, the roster was stacked. Stacked. And then we went through a period where it was rough. It was, it was rough there. That's why they kept giving the championships to the same people. Randy Orton, um, Cena, you know they didn't trust the roster because there was nobody to trust, right? And now there's so many good people, and I think wrestling. Shout out to this podcast is worldwide now, so they're dipping into different areas, you know. So yeah, just to sum it up for me, I'm a big time pro wrestling fan. I hope this place this can be a place for those who for those fans who love pro wrestling unabashedly just love it um and just want to keep up with it you know what i mean just talk about something we love so hope this can be a place for you for that and uh we'll definitely have guests uh throughout the podcast we'll definitely sometime most of the time it might be just me you know spilling about what i what i love and whatnot but we definitely will have some guests come through we'll talk about different things it won't always be the most latest episode or news it may just be a episode about all right, naming our top five favorite wrestlers, top five people to give a suplex, the top five frog splash, you know what I mean? Like we're going to dip and dive through different things. If you listen to our other podcast, our main podcast, you know, we were pretty random in our topics. So that's kind of be what this is. We'll follow the same format, but we'll, it'll be all wrestling related. So, yeah. So now that we got that out the way, we will talk about WWE backlash. Um, Now, we're recording this right after Backlash, so Saturday night. So when this comes out, we will not have seen Monday Night Raw. We will not have seen the aftermath of this event. So just know that. Um, To start out, we had Bianca Bell. Just to give you context, this uh, Backlash is in Puerto Rico. So this show was in Puerto Rico. Amazing crowd. Just want to shout them out. Amazing crowd. Anytime WWE goes across the pond or goes to a different country, that country shows out. Right when they went to Montreal for uh, Elimination Chamber, amazing crowd. When they went to um, the UK for uh, Castle uh, Clash of the Castle, amazing crowd. Probably this that that UK crowd and this Puerto Rico Puerto Rico crowd may have they might be fighting for a crowd of the year. They're amazing they were amazing tonight so uh shout out to bad bunny shout out to wwe for just knowing and and knowing like you're at a world you're at a worldwide level now you know what i'm saying you don't have to just have every show at some random town in the u.s you can expand a little bit and you have a roster to where you got people who are from these countries to even bring more interest to it we got Zelina vega we got bad bunny on the show we got Damian Priest, is from Puerto Rico. So you definitely got interest there. So, um, yeah, just wanted to give you context. Uh, amazing crowd uh, at this Puerto Rico event. So Backlash, first first uh, match we had was Bianca Belair defending her. Uh, she just got drafted to a different brand, but I believe it's her Raw. Yeah, uh, Bianca Belair was defending her Raw Women's Championship against Io Sky. And Io Sky one of my favorite wrestlers not men or women she's just one of my favorite wrestlers out there she's from japan amazing um this match was this probably was the best match of the night there's some others that are close but to me this is the best like match i don't know about moment but best match to me this one was a banger like and, and, and I love, I love when Bianca consistently goes out there and puts on amazing matches, so all these haters can stop, stop hating on her and be like, "Well, she's John Cena. She's, she's unbeatable." Blah, blah, blah. Like, no, this isn't John Cena. Respect to, to John Cena, but like, John Cena was was running through the roster with very unmemorable matches. Well, Bianca, when Bianca touches the ring with somebody, she's probably leaving the ring with a W. But that person she's going against is gonna walk out better than they walked in. Right. They're gonna have more love from the crowd, more respect from the wrestling community uh, when they walk out, right? Due to the type of due to the quality of matches they're having with Bianca. And this is the same way. Like I knew EO and Bianca faced each other back in NXT. So we knew they was gonna have a great match. They went they went against each other on the main roster on like raw random episodes. They didn't really give give them time to cook. So you knew if these two got really time to cook up a great match, they was gonna do it. And that's what they did. And like they, it was just so many great spots, so many, and for some reason or another, this Puerto Rico crowd was rooting for EO. And so they was like from the jump, they they you know, chant Eo, EO, EO. Meanwhile, like Meanwhile, EO is supposed to be the bad guy in this situation, right? Bianca is supposed to be the baby face, the good guy, the person everyone cheers for. And Bianca, they're booing, they're booing Bianca. It was so random. But I, I'll be honest, had a little bit of, I don't know. I was looking a little sideways. Like,
1: <laughs> you know, I was
0: like, uh, why, why are y'all hating on Bianca? Bianca, you never did anything to be like, you know, oh, I can't stand Bianca. like booing Bianca like that. I can, I love the appreciation for EO, but it was a little, it was a little weird there. They're like the boos were a little, I don't know, a little sus, but I love EO got to cook and you could tell she was like loving getting some like cheers again. Cause EO, like in Japan, EO is a rock star. Like EO is one of the greatest Japanese wrestlers to ever step in a ring, man or woman. And when she came to NXT, she was beloved. She was a babyface. She was loved in NXT. Like, she's essentially the, I don't even, like, Jeff Hardy. No offense to him. That's kind of disrespectful to EO to even call her the Jeff Hardy of the women's division just because she can do everything. She doesn't just do flips and, and, and moonsaults and stuff. Like, she can really wrestle in any capacity. So, to me, it was great to see her finally get some like love you could tell she was like damn like i i i, re- I remember how good this feels you know cuz she's been a bad guy since so she's been on the main roster since she's been associated with damage control this little faction uh with Bailey and Dakota Sky uh Dakota um Dakota Kai but um yeah it was just really cool to see you know get finally get appreciated by fans and the wrestling community loves EO. Like, we, we've we been asking for EO to get her shine, her one-on-one shine forever, right? Because we know what she can do. And in this match, she showed it, man. They they had a really good showing. The crowd was in it. Um, it was a lot of, like, false finishes. And it was a lot of, like, moments where you thought EO might pull it off. Like, we knew she wasn't going to win. But then there was a few moments out right there I was like, oh okay. Like, y'all, y'all low-key kind of tricked me. You kind of got me. Um, like, if I didn't know the back – the you know the behind the scenes working of wrestling and I just went in not knowing who these people were. There was a few times where I thought EO was going to win, but overall, amazing match. Uh, they really did a good job of having damage like EO and EO and Bianca were going at it for a while, and it was back and forth, back and forth. And then damage control, you know, Bailey and Dakota Kai came out to try to help EO, didn't do it, kind of messed it up for EO. And then Bianca ended up hitting the K.O.D. and winning. Um, so my hope is that they and again, this is I'm recording this before Raw comes out, but I'm hoping that um EO like breaks away from damage control and just says to them, like, Look, I could do I want to do this by myself. I was this close to defeating Bianca Belair until you guys came out there. I want to do this on my own. And I hope she breaks away from them and becomes a baby face again because she's beloved, she's extra talented, she's like a top three wrestler talent-wise, that WWE has. So I'm hoping that happens. So Bianca Belair um, and EO Sky, out of five stars, I give them four. got to give them four. Like, this might be – I think Charlotte and Rhea at WrestleMania 39 is probably Women's Match of the Year. But this one is a close second. This one's a close second. It was really good, really good. More, Way more of my style, too. So, uh, yeah, I really liked it. Different clashing styles were – Charlotte and, and Rio was like two bulls going at it and it was great to watch. But in this case, it was like, yeah, Bianca, who's the strength, who's the brute, who's a extreme level athlete, just looks the part. And Io looks the part too, but Io's smaller, uses more graceful moves, jumps off, you know, her finishing moon is a is a beautiful moonsault, right? Like she uses more uh, overseas. Uh, you can definitely tell Japanese inspired moves, and it's really great to see. So it was a good contrast of styles. So four out of five on that match. Next one we had. We will go pretty quick on this one. Seth Rollins versus Omos. Omos is garbage. If you know my opinions, Omos is trash. I don't know why we want to. Uh, I get it. I love. I love a black king myself. I think he's from Nigeria. I want to say. I don't really know. Uh, that's wrong for me to assume. But um. But. He's a giant. He's, they call him the African giant. He's like seven, six, he's 400 some pounds, blah, blah, blah. Garbage. Garbage. This, but I will say this is the best match ever. And that's only because he was going against Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins could go out there with a 70 year old woman and somehow, some way, find a way to have a good match, an entertaining match, right? And make you think that 70 year old woman had a chance, right? That's just how good Seth Rollins is. So I see people on the internet being like, Shout out to Omos, his best match. It's like, no, I'm not going to give you credit for playing with LeBron James of wrestling. I'm not going to give you credit for that. I'm not going to give you credit for for the Steph Curry of wrestling. You know what I'm saying? For you having it. No, like I need to see Omos have a good wrestling match with just a random, on a random episode of Raw. If he does that, I'll give him credit. But in this case, I, I, like I know the background. I know Seth Rollins set up, and created and laid out that entire match for Omos. And Omos just had to follow the blueprint. That's not talent to me. That's just anybody could do that. I could go out there and do that. Right? So Omos is garbage to me. He's getting spots only because of how big he is. It's unfortunate. There's so many other wrestlers who deserve the spots that he's been giving. He's been giving matches in WrestleMania against Brock Lesnar. He's been given this match against Seth Rollins. Uh, plenty. Of, he got a couple other matches at WrestleMania that he didn't deserve. So it's just like, hey, we got to stop with this. Just you know, and then a lot of people think this is a Vince guy. You know, Vince loves a big, you know, attraction. Uh, he's had plenty of failed ones in the past. Just big dudes who couldn't wrestle their way out of a paper bag, but somehow keep getting you know, big time looks. Um, and Omos is one of those. Not good at all. But shout out to Seth Rollins, gave Omos his best match he's ever had. Uh, it was a really cool finisher. You know, if you know Seth Rollins, he does a stomp. Well, in this case, you know, obviously against a bigger guy to finish it off, Seth Rollins did the stomp, but off the top rope. It looked okay. Uh, Omos didn't, of course, didn't execute it very well, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, it did what he needs to do. Probably I'll give, it a, I'll give it a two out of five. Um, Two out of five, and that's that's shout out to shout out to Seth Rollins for getting that to a two, honestly, because uh anything omos related is not good. His match with Brock Lesnar left a lot to be desired. So yeah. Um next one, we got the US title triple threat. We have Brunson Reed against Theory, Austin Theory, and uh Ver, who Austin Theory is the champion, so he's defending the US title in this match against uh, Bobby Lashley. I always love when these three get together. I, I like, I, I don't really like Austin Theory that much, but the dude can wrestle. Like, uh, you can try to hate on him, but dude dude puts out a good product. He can talk on the mic. He can wrestle. If you've seen anything he's done in NXT, you know he can wrestle. And, yeah, so I love Bobby Lashley. Love Bobby Lashley. And Brunson Reed has really grown on me. Like, when he was in NXT, I was like, eh, okay, like, yeah. You know, I wasn't too big on him, but he's really grown on me since he's been on the main roster, and been called up, uh, and been rehired. He was actually fired uh, during the pandemic. Uh, around that time, he got fired and then waited his turn. Triple H got putting more in the power. Triple H brought him back and bumped him up to the main roster, and he's done a really good job. Uh, big dude, like five eleven, like three thirty, but does a uh, basically a. You know, Samoan dive off the top ropes, just nice, right? And, he, and in this match, I thought he showed out the most. like he was really good. He showed how athletic he is. He's a big dude. He's athletic. He can move, and he has really good movements. He's not one of those big guys who can't move and can't wrestle. He can really wrestle. And uh, I thought he did a really good job. he's he's actually had a really good he did a really good job in the elimination chamber um back in Montreal. Had a really good match then and that eliminate really good showing in the elimination chamber. So, Brunson Reed, high hopes for the guy. The guy definitely has changed my mind about him and he's doing a really good job. Uh, lastly, looked amazing, um, per usual, right? Like, he's just, I'm excited to see him switch brands and, and hopefully get to go against some different folks uh, on the SmackDown roster uh, as he moves over there. And then, theory, yeah, theory's good, I think. The U.S. title probably needs a new holder at this point just because, I don't know, theory's cool, but I just don't know if he's he's the guy. I think the guy they want him to be, they just drafted, and we'll touch on that later. Uh, but overall, the match I thought was really good. I'll give it a two and a half out of five stars. Um, triple death matches are always fun to me. I like them a lot. There's no rules, really. Um, And if they're laid out right, it's always action. It's always something going on. Uh, And uh, the way Theory won was, uh, I want to say Brunson Reed. um, Oh, Brunson Reed tried to hit a moonsault. Uh, Again, Brunson Reed, big old boy, tried to hit a moonsault off the top ropes to Austin Theory. Misses, gets up, kind of holding his ribs because he just missed a moonsault. uh, Gets speared by Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley's about to go pin. Austin Theory runs up, throws Bobby out the ring, and then pins Brunson Reed, who just got speared. It's one, two, three, and retains his title and still US champion. Uh, Really cool match. And again, it just shows how Theory is one. Like Theory's the consummate bad guy, usually rarely wins off of pinning the guy or finishing the guy himself, usually is more of an opportunist. Uh, So two and a half out of five, pretty good. Moving on, Zelina Vega um, going against the SmackDown Women's Champion Rhea Ripley. Uh, this is for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Uh, Zelina Vega, like I mentioned, she is from Puerto Rico, so she. This is a home, you know, this is a home court game for her. Uh, she got the home field advantage, and it showed. Man, like it was really cool to see her walk out. Um, she walked out. She had like the Puerto Rico flag on. And like, you know, during the introductions, once they get in the ring, especially championship matches, they like announce their name again, kind of like a boxing type of deal. Uh, and they announce them again in the ring for a little face off part before they ring the bell to fight. And yeah, the Lena was like crying like that was just a moment. like uh, apparently she's been wrestling for like a long time, a long time. But she's never been able to wrestle in front of her friend, her front of her family. because She's never wrestled in Puerto Rico. Uh, There hasn't been a wrestling event, WWE, concerned. There hasn't been a WWE event in Puerto Rico, apparently, for the last 18 years. Just think about that. Like, 18 years ago was the last time they had an event there. So uh, just imagine, like, you haven't wrestled in front of your family before or your country, and you get to do it in a championship match, right? And so she definitely was overwhelmed. It was cool to see, really cool to see. She was emotional, so it was great to see that um real was did a really good job of like getting more heat on her you know just being the bad guy she is and so it was a solid match I give it a two out of five it was quick we all know R- Zel- Zelina Vega had no chance against real Ripley. like we all know that but it wasn't about if she won the title or not Zelina it was more for Zelina getting a moment right like I talked about like the the match was more for her to be appreciated by her home country. You know what I'm saying? Like, Selena's went through a lot. At WWE. She's she's been manager and she's she uh, was amazing in NXT. Got called up. She was a manager. Then that kind of went uh, went astray a little bit. Start wrestling a little bit. That was cool. Then she got released during the pandemic. Um, then she caught on. To doing some stuff on the internet, like streaming and stuff like that, got caught on WWE. Um, well, Triple H called her back and was like, Hey, I want you to be, you know, main roster again. So she got hired by the WWE again, but she never really got a moment, right? Like, she never got really that much time to shine for herself. She's always been part of a group or part of, or a manager for somebody, but in this case, she got to be appreciated for her, like, just like she got to have to bask in the. Appreciation from Puerto Rico itself, just loving on her, which is really cool to see. So if you if you look it up, just look it up on YouTube or Twitter or whatever, and just see Zelina Vega uh, Puerto Rico moment, and it was just a great moment, outstanding moment. um Moving on to the next one, which might be, I don't know if it's match of the night, like technical wise, but it's definitely moment of the night, uh, and should have main evented the entire uh, event, but we'll touch on that later. Then this match, we had Bad Bunny. Yes, that's right. Bad Bunny, one of the biggest artists in the world, going, uh, going up against Damian Priest in a street fight match. And man, this, like, just from the beginning, bro. I posted it on my story on Instagram, but Bad Bunny has the entrance of the year. Like, that thing was a concert. Like, my man song hit, I don't listen to Bad Bunny. I need to. I am going to after this, uh, listening to, like, his ring music. And it's basically just his tracks from his regular music. But, like, yeah, bro. Like, his music came on. Bro, the whole crowd was, like, singing along with his music, like, rapping along with his music. And, like, the beat was slapping, too. I was just, like, you know, just goosebumps. Right? He walks out to his home country. And the reason we're all there, like, let's be honest. Like, if Bad Bunny was not a extremely, um, like, a loving and, like, a dedicated wrestling fan since a kid, I don't think we get this Puerto Rico event, right? He's kind of, over the years, he's been more and more involved with the WWE. And I think this was kind of like, hey, man, like, I think he was probably like, hey, can we do something in Puerto Rico for me? And then WWE was like, I mean, shit, we got a bunch of other Puerto Rican uh, wrestlers. Why not? You know what I'm saying? It makes sense uh, business-wise, and it's just a good look. Um, but, yeah, man, Bad Bunny's interest entrance in this match was amazing. Amazing. Um, definitely gave me goosebumps. But the match overall against Damian Priest was really good, man. It was a street fight, so it was a lot of weapons involved. Bad Bunny got put through a table, uh, on that like put through two tables I think like I have so much respect for Bad bunny I will never let anyone speak a bad word about Bad Bunny because dude loves wrestling he's not one of these celebs who walks in and it's like uh I have a new movie coming out in two weeks so let me you know see if I can get on television in WWE so I can promote my stuff or let me have a fake random match that I didn't train for no Bad Bunny is like has loved wrestling since he was a kid. He trains for these matches. He actually, like, wrestles, actually trains to do stuff. He doesn't just punch. Like, dude was doing falcon arrows. Dude was doing uh, suplexes. Dude was was doing jumping off the top rope. He was doing all kinds. His finisher is the um, uh, Canadian Destroyer, which is an extremely hard move to do. It's basically like doing a tombstone, but you're doing a front flip with the person first and then doing it. Like, it's crazy um and so bad bunny has so much respect i already had respect for him coming into this because he's had great matches before he's probably the greatest celebrity wrestler logan paul is up there too but those two actually wrestle wrestle they don't just come in and promote one thing and then leave um like bad bunny will leave but you know what i mean like he's not an opportunist about the stuff like he actually loves it and he's the reason we're here like he knew his country loved wrestling, so he brought wrestling to them, which is really dope to see. But yeah, man, the match was really good. I give it a three and a half. Almost for as for match, actually, I'll give it a four. I'll give it a four. Why? Because damn it, Carlito came out. If you know Carlito ain't been in wrestling in a while, right? I didn't even know he like was loved like that in Puerto Rico. Just because I'm again when I explain my history, I kind of missed that period where Carlito was wrestling. Um, so I didn't quite know as how popular he was. Dude was in amazing shape. Like he his pop was crazy. Crowd went nuts when his music hit. He looked really good. He executed his mu I, I, like apparently he still wrestles like around the country every now and again. So his wrestling still looked good. Uh they had a few other wrestlers come out. I forgot my guy's name, Vega. Apparently super, super popular in uh Puerto Rico, kind of an older wrestler, um, back in the, like the early, I think. Late 80s, early 90s, I may be correct, but uh, his pop was crazy. He looked really good. LWO, I'm loving the new LWO who got involved. Uh, Latino World Order, if you didn't know, that's de- that's going back to WCW days. I do want to say, uh, I heard LWO merch, like their t shirt and stuff, is the highest selling t shirt right now. Um, and that's great, I love that, but I'm a, I'm a I'm going to be a, a, a wrestling snob and say that I bought, a, I've had a LWO shirt since like 2018, right? I was walking around with a LWO shirt when people were like, what the hell does that mean? You know what I'm saying? So shout out to those who are buying it now, but I just want you to know, I've been in this, you know what I mean? I got out the mud. You know what I'm saying? So uh, shout out to LWO. I think it's a great idea that it's really executed on it. And like seeing more Latino wrestlers come out from different countries of, you know, um, of, you know, Latin origin was really cool. Like to see Bad Bunny join LWO, like that was one of the best people you could get to join. So that was really cool. But uh, yeah, Damien Priest and Bad Bunny put on a really good moment, really good match and uh, yeah, really good, really good and amazing moment. Right. I'm sure that's going to rack up YouTube views um, when it hits YouTube. So Um, The next match we had was the the Bloodline, the Usos, and Solo Sokoa versus KO, uh, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and Matt Riddle. This match, I'll be honest, I I was kind of over it. After after that Bad Bunny match, that Bad Bunny match should have been the main event. Like, it was just, the match was great. And even the moment after, you got all these um, wrestlers in the ring who are being appreciated by uh, this Puerto Rican, like, crowd, like, it was just, it's just the way you end wrestling matches, right? You usually end on a high note. You don't end on a random finish. You don't end on, you either end on a super high note or, you know, on a really bad note. Like, somebody got portrayed, you know, and somebody got, you know, um, beat down, and then, then you go away, you end the show. But in this case, they ended it, Pretty poorly, I'll be honest. That was kind of like my one negative of the night. But in this match, uh, Bloodline versus KO, Sammy, and Riddle, this is really repetitive. Like, we've seen this match before. We've seen these, like, different iterations of this match before. So it was just kind of like, okay, I mean, I guess we're doing this again. I love the KO, Sammy story. I love it. Them versus the Bloodline. It was amazing. Probably the story of the of all time, greatest story of all time. However, I do want it to move on. I do want us to have them go up against different tag teams and to defend their actual tag team championships against other teams outside of the Usos. Right. And now, and now I will say the Usos did just get their rematch um, in the, the past Friday and they lost. So I'm hoping now that means they can move on and have them it uh, against street profits and, you know, LWO and Imperium and a bunch of other great tag teams. And we can just move on. Um, uh, but yeah, this match was I think the best part of this match was that they moved along the story of Solo kind of you know, shadow working for for Roman and Roman like not trying to slowly push the Usos out of the out of the bloodline and using solo to do it. You know, I think they're going to use their enforcer Solo Sokoa to sort of, like, make the Usos pay for losing to Sammy and Kevin at, at, at WrestleMania and losing their tag team championships, right? They don't have any gold, whereas Roman has, you know, championships, so he's probably looking down on them and using Solo to execute his his bidding. So that was really cool. You know, Solo almost uh, Samoa spiked um, Jay. And you can tell there's a rift there even more than before. So that was cool. I guess that was the best moment of the match. I guess that's the only reason to have that match. But it's just a little repetitive. So outside of that, I'll probably give that about two out of five, honestly. I could do without that one. And then probably the worst match of the night, to be honest, Brock versus Cody. Just It was just like, all right, I guess we're finishing it. Just because of the names, we're going to make this the main event. But it didn't live up to a main event like it's just they've had one they've had one main issue. Brock turned on Cody like Cody went to Brock to be like, hey, can you help me with this bloodline problem? I'm having right. There's way too many bloodline members that are jumping me. I need some help. Brock was like, all right. And then Brock turned on him and and beat him up. And Cody wants to get back, get him back for that. And the story just like not that great. And then the match wasn't great either. Um, Brock got busted open. He like ran head first into the, the ring post that didn't have the padding on it. And I'm just like, what the hell? Why would you just, I mean, usually you fake it, right? But you don't just bang your head. Only Brock would like bang his head against some steel and be like, all right, I'm going to be okay. Well, he wasn't. He busted him open. it was blood everywhere. WWE usually does not like to display blood. So this was definitely a a different feel. But, uh, yeah, that ended with Brock, you know, getting um, Cody in the arm lock, and then Cody finding a way to, like, leverage and kind of roll over to the point to where um, Brock was shoulders on the mat and one, two, three, and Cody wins. That That ended this show, by the way. Like, that was the last moment of the show was Cody sneaking a win against Brock. That's how we left this match. With all these great moments, that's the way we ended. And that's why people are pissed and saying Bad Bunny should have been, of Damian Priest should have been the main event. Like, that, that was way more important, has way more uh, moments. It just felt like a way to end it, a great way to send these people home with. And in this case, it was just like, all right, this is kind of trash. Um, so didn't love the ending. Didn't really. I hope they move on. Hopefully, it's, we don't get a rematch on Raw or something. But overall, thought the I thought the event was probably a three and a half out of five. I thought the crowd really carried this event. Right there was some matches: Zelina versus Rhea, not impressive. Right, Omos versus Seth, not impressive. Um, Brunson, Reed, Theory, and Lashley, solid but not like game changers. They've I've seen. Austin Theory had better Triple Threat matches for his US title before, and and they were pretty recent, right? So there's a few matches here outside of Bianca and EO and Bad Bunny and Priest. The rest of them were like, eh, okay, right? So, but the crowd was so intense and so like into it to the point to where it made those matches that were like so, so, it made them feel important. So overall, I give the Backlash 2023 a three and a half stars out of five, and uh, which is really good. Honestly, didn't expect much from this pay-per-view, and it definitely over-delivered. So appreciate that. All right, so quickly, we're going to just touch on some – again, we had the WWE draft recently, which means one of the brands, SmackDown or Raw, is going to draft, someone, draft a member of the WWE roster – and that person will be exclusive to that show, right? So, for example, um, SmackDown um, drafted. You can draft one person. You can draft a whole faction. Like, if there's a group together, you can draft that group, and you get everybody in that group. So, in this case, uh, SmackDown drafted the Bloodline. So, they got exclusive rights to um, Roman Reigns, the Usos, uh, Solo Sokoa, and Paul Heyman. They threw him in there, but like those people will be on SmackDown and that's it. That's the only time they'll be on. They might cross over now and again, but for the most part, they're going to be exclusive to their brand. So uh, we'll quickly just run through some of the like significant ones. We're not going to touch on everybody because it's a big, big ass roster, but we're just going to touch on the people who I think matters and some picks that I think will be really good, really sleeper picks. So for raw, they pick Becky Lynch, really good pick, right? She's really good and she's no like she's so notable noticeable and so really like a celebrity at this point to where she doesn't need the championship there's some people who have to have the championship belt to make them relevant she doesn't need it and I think that's the cool thing about it and so many times in women's side of things the title has to be involved for there to be a feud which doesn't happen in the men's side like the men's side Two dudes are walking down the hallway. They bump into each. I mean, down the hallway, they bump into each other, and they're like, "All right, oh, okay, you talking shit? Meet me in the ring." And then they go and they wrestle for thirty minutes. Right? That doesn't really happen, with women. Unfortunately, it has to be about someone has to be challenging the champion, and everybody else is probably irrelevant until their chance to their chance to fight against the champion. So, hopefully, Becky, who won't be the champion, hopefully gets to feud with some different people outside of the whole championship picture. So you got Becky Lynch, you got Rhea in, in the judgment day, outstanding pickup. They were already on raw. So that's a really good pickup. Um, for them, she's the championship. She's the champion of, uh, I want to say she has a SmackDown championship. So I'm assuming Rhea and Bianca will swap titles at some point. Um, but uh, that's too confusing to talk about. Um, But anyways, Rhea itself is a great pickup, outstanding. The Judgment Day is amazing. Um, Don Mysterio is probably the most hated person in WWE, which is great. Like, you know, and then you got Finn Balor in Judgment Day, who's amazing. Then you got Damian Friese, whose stock has extremely risen uh, over the last, like, two or so months. Uh, Then you got Shinsuke Nakamura, who's making a comeback. He's now on Monday Night Raw. And he looks like the Shinsuke that came out of NXT, right? The, he looks like that Shinsuke, which is a big time superstar and uh, looking forward to him. They picked up J, J.D. McDonough, J.D. McDonough. And he's from NXT. He used to be back in uh NXT UK. One of the best wrestlers in the world. Dude is a like a rap, like just no messing around. Just classic, like, UK style. or I think he's from Ireland or Dublin, one of them places. But, like, classic, like, don't mess around. Hit you with some submissions you ain't never seen before. Break some shit out. You're like, what the hell is that? But it looked like it hurts. That's that's J.D. McDonough. He's going to be that guy. Smaller guy, but he's going to put on some great matches, especially with this next person. Uh, Monday night, Raw picked up the intercontinental champion, the ring general, Gunta. So Gunther and uh, and his group with him, his faction, Imperium, is going to be on Monday Night Raw. So it's cool to see that he's at the Intercontinental Championship, Gunther used to be on SmackDown. So now he's moved over to uh, Raw, and the Intercontinental Championship is coming with him. And, yeah, I'm just hoping more people tune in. Gunther is my favorite wrestler in wrestling right now. Uh, he's just the epitome of everything I love about wrestling. Um, no nonsense. Uh, approach. So I love that. Um uh, so I'm excited to see him there. Seth Rollins, you know, um so I mean Seth Rollins is known for being on Raw. That's just the way it is. He's always been on Raw. Could probably always be on Raw. Monday night Rollins is what they call it uh sometimes. And so you know he's gonna kill it no matter where he is, but I'm glad he's gonna be on Raw. And I'm hopefully he gets to go against Gunther But if I'm also really hoping Seth gets to become the new world heavyweight champion that Raw's putting out. Raw created a new belt for Monday Night Raw, and so hopefully he gets that or Shinsuke or somebody else. We'll see. Okay, lastly, they picked up on my notes. Anyways, they picked up a bunch of other people, but the person I'm noted noting in this is KO and Sammy Kevin Owens and Sammy Zayn. Again, like I touched on, I hope that. They split the tag team champions, and I hope they actually have to defend it against some different tag teams outside of the Usos. Like, I'm kind of over this whole – like, you did the whole build to WrestleMania to take the titles from them, and now you took the titles from them, and now you're, like, still trying to be their friends. doesn't make sense. Um, so I'm hoping that that's over, and then now that they're on Raw, the Usos and the Bloodline are on SmackDown, hopefully that separates them to the point to where we can move on both sides. Um, okay. SmackDown, some notable, obviously the bloodline, that's like I touched on earlier. I mean, it's Roman Reigns. It's just, you know, it's like picking up LeBron James with your first pick. Like that's an obvious, no brainer. Um, Bianca Belair, amazing. Best wrestler in the company. And yeah. Um, again, I think her and Rhea are going to swap championships, but uh, it's not that big of a deal that has been done before with Becky and Charlotte back in the day. Um, Bobby Lashley is moving over from Raw Back uh, now over to SmackDown That'll be interesting I'm hoping he can challenge Roman Reigns For the championship at some point I don't think they've ever Went against each other one-on-one So I'm looking forward to that, hopefully Uh, Next, we have the LWO Picked up by SmackDown I think they were already on SmackDown Or, no, were they on Raw? I can't remember But the LWO, um, Santos Escobar is the leader of the LWO, and Rey Mysterio is in there too, and uh, the tag team as well. For their names are slipping me right now. But I'm really looking forward to the LWO to, continuing to grow. Um, hopefully Santos can continue to get more of solo looks. Uh, I just don't want him to end up being Rey Mysterio's, like, lackey. His, I don't want him to be his lackey. I don't want him to be his, like, you know, second-tier you know sidekick. Because Santos Escobar has Eddie Guerrero type potential. Like, dude is amazing. Honestly, he's he's a better heel than he is the baby face. And he's a babyface right now. But yeah, give him some time, and I think he'll turn heel and be the hottest heel they have. Um, then you have the brawling brutes, you got uh Ridge of the Fridge, you got um you got Sheamus, obviously, then you got Butch. Uh, Butch is also known as Pete Dunn. hoping I've heard rumors that they're going to really push Pete Dunn now that WrestleMania is over and kind of that WrestleMania season is over and we're kind of in restart mode. I'm hoping they put give him his name back as Pete Dunn and that they let him just be Pete Dunn. Pete Dunn is similar to Butch. Butch is a little crazier, a little more wild. But either way, they both are amazing wrestlers and they challenge for championships. Right? Like Butch or P. Dunn was the longest reigning NXT UK champion until uh, Gunther at that time, named Walter, took his championship and broke his record. But, like, Butch, aka P. Dunn, amazing. Like, one of the best wrestlers in the company. And he's shown even as Butch, like, he's one of the best. And people actually hated Butch at first. They were like, what the hell? Like, why you take his name away? Why you name him randomly Butch? What is this wild ass character? And now some people are like, oh, I actually like Butch, Butch is kind of, kind of cool. So, um, moving on my guy, my day one guy, I've been on the LA night train from the beginning. I love to see all these people trying to hop on the train late. They was down on, they was down on him. They was hating on him when he first got called up. They was hating on him back in NXT. I was, I was, bro, I've been a unabashed LA Knight fan since the day he showed up in NXT when he was carrying around the money championship. Um, Like, the dude can just talk. The dude can can talk on the mic with the best of them. He has a great catchphrase. Uh, He has great music. He has a great look. He has everything you're looking for from a heel, but even more from a a babyface. Like, he's getting over so much now to where people think he's a babyface just because the crowd loves him. But I will say, I just want to point it out again. I was a LA Knight fan from the day he showed up in in uh WWE and NXT. Okay. A lot of these people are late. A lot of people was hating on him when he was going against um Bray Wyatt, even before that, with the uh the models, they was hating on him. And I was I was like, dude, just let this dude rock. Right? Stop changing his character, just let him be LA Knight, and he will be that dude. And he's on his way to that. So I'm proud of that one. Um, This next guy is who I mentioned when I was talking about Austin Theory and like Austin Theory being the like brash, confident white dude who, you know, thinks his shit don't stink. Austin Theory is cool, but Grayson Waller is the next person SmackDown um, drafted. He does the white, overconfident white guy gimmick better than anybody. The dude is. I, I, to me, Grayson Waller, if I could give you a comp, uh, a comparison for those who maybe not watched him in NXT, he's been in NXT the last couple of years. He's an Australian. He, to me, he's The Miz, but way more of a, like a better athletic version of The Miz, right? Can talk like The Miz, can give you a promo like The Miz, is charismatic like The Miz, but is a top tier athlete. Like dude can wrestle. And not saying Miz can wrestle. I just want to make sure I say that. Like, Miz can wrestle. Miz is good. But he's not the most athletic person, right? Whereas Grayson Waller is hella athletic. His finisher is where he, like, hops out of the ring, jumps back in, does a roll-up, and then hits you with a stunner. And then that's his finisher. It looks really good. Uh, You have to see it for yourself. But Grayson Waller, the Waller effect, the dude just – He's just one of them dudes you see and you just want to punch. He's just one of them guys. And those guys do really well in wrestling because people, the crowd wants to punch him too. You know what I mean? And so Grayson Waller, that low-key could be end up being the pick of the year for WWE and SmackDown brand in general. Like, dude is amazing. Amazing. I'm glad to see him get called up. He's just really, really good. Uh, next one is Pretty Deadly, another NXT um call-up. They are they were NXT tag team champions. They're from the UK. They're very like flamboyant and they wear very like flamboyant clothing. Kind of remind me of like edging Christian back in like the early days, but even more over the top as far as like the the flamboyantness and just very like, I don't know, very sexual, but like flamboyant, a little, you know, so. I would look them up pretty deadly. They're really funny. They can, they can host a show for you. They can have their own, like, you know, hosted show during the segment or something. But then they can also wrestle. And they're really good heels because they also are one of those uh, – they're also a tag team that you just want to hate. You want to dislike. like pretty deadly. It's really good. Um, and, yeah, they drafted – SmackDown drafted Damage Control. I think Damage Control was on Raw before – so you get EOS Kai, you get Bailey, you get Dakota Kai. Those are really three really good pickups for your women's division. They're really, uh, they're not a very good um, faction together, but separ- Even if you separate them, let's say on Monday Night Raw they disintegrate, Damage Control right then and there, uh, or on the next episode of SmackDown if they disintegrate it, that's still fine because all three of them are fine on their own. And I'm really hoping that, again, SmackDown is the place where EO Sky can really flourish by herself. Right. So, yeah, man, I'm 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 excited for the results of this draft. I think it was needed. Um, I think the rosters were getting a little stale and guys weren't getting as much opportunities. Again, we have Roman Reigns who has two championships. Well, now he only will have one due to this newly created championship that we're going to have just for Monday Night Raw and the championship that Roman has, uh, the two championships he has they are basically going to merge those two and make it purely a championship for SmackDown. So we got, again, we have separate titles now. Uh, I think they'll do the same thing for the tag titles. I think the women's championships, they're going to flop. I think that the intercontinental championship will be on Monday Night Raw with Gunther. And the U.S. title will be with Austin Theory on SmackDown. So those the U.S. title and the Intercontinental Champions, uh, Championship are just going to swap places. So, yeah, I'm really excited for the results of this thing. And, yeah, I just think it's going to be a really good one. Uh, really fun new matchups. A lot of people are theorizing that Shinsuke Nakamura and, and um, Seth Rollins are going to fight for the champion, the new World Heavyweight Championship. That would be an amazing match. We'll see the new championship for that. But how they're going to crown the new vacant uh, world heavyweight title is—they're going to do a tournament that's going to end in Saudi Arabia. Which is kind of—I don't know about that decision. I don't. I hate when big titles change overseas. That's kind of annoying to me. But they're going to, you know, crown the champion there, and uh, it should be a solid moment. You know, but overall. Had a really good time with Backlash. I'm really excited for the kind of the aftermath of the results of the WWE draft. And yeah, again, I really appreci- appreciate you guys listening in. Um, this is a place for those who love wrestling and love everything about it. Um, and yeah, we will continue this thing. We're going to have a lot of fun. We appreciate you listening. Yeah.